Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Opta Sport post-match show. The best place to bring you up to speed with everything that happens each and every day at this World Cup, as well as looking ahead to tomorrow. And welcome too to those of you listening on the Opta Sport football podcast. We're going to kick off today's show by reflecting on the game that has literally just finished on Opta Sport. And wow, what a game it was. It finished Germany 1, Colombia 2. Yet another remarkable game in this remarkable tournament. Colombia winning it in the 97th minute, courtesy of Manuela Vanegas. But let's just reflect on how one of the great World Cup games unfolded. Ash Sykes and Cote Rojas are in the studio with me. We have just about caught our breath. It has been one of those evenings here in the studio. So let's start from the beginning, Cotter, because I know you're still coming down <laughs> from the excitement, but this was almost peak excitement for you. This goal from Linda Caicedo. Yes, Linda Caicedo. We talked about her and her ability of dribbling players. And look at this shot. She did it the first game. This one was a little bit stronger, but look where she put it. You know, that angle. Look at the footwork there and look at that shot I mean I think it's one of the best goals so far I think so too look at that she's dancing through the box there's plenty of bodies in front of her and then wham into the back of the net that goal had everything she is a superstar I can't wait to keep watching her in action 18 years old a reminder we can see just what it means to the Columbia staff and players then but it did look like it was going to be late heartbreak Germany got to get a penalty in the 89th minute. Oh, yeah, I, I was very disappointed, not just because, you know, they didn't have any chances in the second half on target. But seeing this penalty, I was like, Colombia, you know, deserved better. And, uh, well, Pop, you know, she never actually misses there from the 12th. She had a frustrating evening, didn't she? But showed composure to score that. She thought she had rescued a point for Germany. Alas, this then happened, Ash. Until this 97 moment. minutes. Yeah. This, what a moment that she rises in the... Vanagas rises on the six-yard box there, almost uncontested. There's eight German players um, zonal marking there and no-one does their job and gets out and competes for this um, header. Fantastic header. And the crowd was um, immense. They went off at this moment, like you did, Cote. Oh, yes, I went crazy. I had to. Like this it was, was Cote in the studio. <laughs> Emotional moment. But look how high she jumped, you know. And the celebration, it means, it means everything. Uh, I don't even, like, I don't even have words because look at the stadium. Tell We're, us, try and tell us, you're from Chile. You're here. You would <laughs> rather be there, I know, playing. But what does it mean? to South America to see Colombia pull off a performance and a win like that? It's such a beautiful moment. I think not just for the players, as I said before, um, it means so much for the Colombians fans out there. And I'm pretty sure not just Colombians are every single country in South America. We feel proud because that shows that we can play football. We only know play beautiful, but we also, you know, can compete with the, these big countries. Germany is huge second in the ranking. So for us, look at them, the 
talking, emotional, um, the passion that they deliver, and, and they kept the style. This is what makes me even happier because they put the intensity. They, from the first minute, they show and they wanted to make sure Germany knew they were there. You know, they were strong in every single tackle. They were trying to block pop the first whole half, I will say, and they did it. What an amazing job. And look, again, it's really difficult to explain because I'm really not just happy, emotional for them. I know a couple of players as well. I know how hard it is for us with um, sometimes not having the same opportunities mm. and, and not just that, but the tools. We don't have what the Europeans clubs and countries have. So. What a, I mean, what a, what a night. <laughs> I can see the emotion in your eyes and just what it means. It's the whole of South America, not just Colombia. A momentous occasion here in Sydney tonight. Let's head pitch side now. And the first thing I've got to say, Brie Holden, is we are all immensely jealous that you were able to be in the stadium for this one tonight. Just give us an insight into what it was like being there. Kelly, I have absolutely no idea what we just watched. It was mayhem here from the very beginning until the very end. The Colombian national anthem played and you could hear every single word. It was so loud. It was almost like a home ground stadium for Colombia. And I mean, there's 40,000 people here. I think about 35,000 of them were Colombian. And when Linda Caicedo scored that goal, this place went into liftoff. It was insanity. And of course, we had that last minute heartbreak with Alexander Pop scoring from the penalty spot. But Colombian fans did not die down. They were lifting even louder. The Colombian players were yelling at them the whole time to keep us going, keep us going. And we saw exactly what the result of that was. This is as been one of the best games of the tournament so far and one of my favourite games of football, I think. Yeah, it's been one of my favourite games of football to cover as well. We're seeing there the Columbia players still going and signing autographs. Look at all their fans in incredible outfits, like 10 out of 10 to all the South Americans. They've been incredible throughout the tournament. But Germany, Brie, hadn't lost a World Cup group game since 1995. That just shows the magnitude of this achievement. What was the reaction like at full time? Maybe from their fans, maybe it wasn't quite so obvious when you, the Columbia fans were taking over, but also from the players and the management on the pitch. Did they go straight off? Did they stay on the pitch? What did they do? Yeah, look, they gathered in a little team huddle right to the side of uh, the pitch there, and they held that for quite a few time, uh, quite a few minutes, actually. So it looked like a real moment of this isn't the end. We're going to regroup. We're one of the best teams in the world, and this is what we know how to do. We know how to play football. So I think we're going to see just a stronger performance for them against uh, Korea. We know that Korea have struggled in this tournament so far. But from the fans' perspective, there are just as many German fans waiting around to sign things from players as well. So I think this is, you know, it is, it is a frustrating situation for them, but they know the quality they have. Yeah, they do indeed. Well, Brie, go and lie down. I feel like I need to lie down, having been in the studio for that. I can only imagine how you feel right now. I hope you've enjoyed what is a momentous evening once again in the World Cup. Brie Holden there bringing us the latest from pitch side after an incredible game in that group of this World Cup. Let's continue looking at Group H then. And the game that took place earlier finished Korea nil, Morocco 1. And once again, Costa, you've got a big smile on your face because this was historic again. Again, I think um, we were watching that game earlier, obviously. And look, again, it's history made for them. And um, they were the whole, you know, the, the, the previous game pushing so hard to attack. 
going forward, trying not just to create, but to score. And finally, look at this player, look at this goal, you know, coming in front of the defender, that header, I mean, Pass the, the technique. near post, yeah, it's a great technique. Sixth minute, you, you get the game off to a, a great start. There's a fantastic ball in the back, of, uh, into the box and a great header. And look at what it means to them. You know, there weren't as many, uh, you know, 35,000 Moroccan fans there, but there were plenty. And it meant, meant a lot to the squad to get their first, you know, World Cup win. And they've worked really hard for it as well. Where does it leave South Korea? Because they've put a lot in under Colin Bell. They've had a strategy. They've tried to implement something that just hasn't worked. No, it, it seemed to work for them at the Asian Cup last year, but I think it didn't really it hasn't translated this tournament. It feels like that all that progress has disappeared, and they don't know who they are anymore. They they seem scared to play. They they seem like a squad that's scared to make mistakes rather than brave and willing to take risks that will win them games and. It means that they haven't got the results that they've wanted this this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about that before, you know, as a player. Um, if you're scared to make those mistakes because probably, you know, you're going to get up or any other reason, I don't think you can perform uh, that well. And I, it feels like that with uh, Korea. It feels like they can they can be a structure, you know. We know they can play. Mm -hmm. We know they can be very disciplined. And, and look, but they couldn't finish. They, they were not that clinical. They were the last, the third run passing wasn't there so it's absolutely um, sad that they couldn't perform but um, yeah Morocco good on them credit to them as well for not just the fight but for the great goal yeah today is very much Morocco's day and also a word on Nohela Benzino who became the first ever player to wear a hijab at the World Cup a significant day for so many reasons let's see what it does then for Group H then and when I take a look at this table it is now Colombia who lead the way on six points. Germany and Morocco both on three points. Korea Republic yet to get a point. But we didn't think it was going to look like that, Ash, if we were being honest, did we? No, I, before the tournament, I thought it was Germany and then daylight to everyone else. But Colombia have gone out and proven that they're not to be underestimated. They're a very strong team and they could go through top of the group if they you know, get a good result against Morocco in a few days' time. Exactly. If they keep, you know, their focus and they don't get relaxed, I think they can be on top, not easily, but with a couple goals against Morocco, I think it's, that's going to be a really good game as well. And how good is it as well? We've seen how competitive this World Cup <laughs> is. The fact that it's going to go down to the final games again. And the, another group going down to the final games. We saw it earlier today with Group A, and now we've, we're going to see it again with Group H at the end of the rounds of the group <laughs> stages. It's, it's just been such a competitive game. There were some concerns before the tournament that going to 32 teams would mean that there'd be this big gap in performances. That has not been the case at all. It's been ultra competitive. It's been a joy to watch. I tell you what, talking of Group A, we're going to now reflect on just what happened in Group A today as well then. That was our other focus here on Optus Sports. These are the group standings. Switzerland on five points are through to the knockout stages. Norway with a big win there on four points. But unfortunately, New Zealand could only draw with Switzerland. So they are out at the group stage. Disappointing, firstly, to see a co-host go out so early. It is disappointing. They've had their best tournament ever. You know, they got the first win. They had a draw as well and not quite good enough to get through to the next round. They'd be disappointed today. But I tell you what, they did their country proud. You know, the fans have turned out in numbers. It's been great to have them as one of our co-hosts and we hope that their games keep continuing 
um, to do that. Yeah, football can be cruel, you know, and it felt and cruel today. Exactly, yeah. because they didn't deserve it. I think, you know, they were one of the best in the group. They were, you know, just um, defensively, they were attacking. Uh, they made history as well yeah. by scoring, you know, the first goal. So many positive things that they can take. But still, I know the players and, and, and they are disappointed. They are heartbroken because it's, it's, it is sad, not just for them, but for the whole country that they are. I don't think they deserve it. Yeah, sadness at the moment, but I'm sure when they reflect on the fact that they got their first ever win at the World Cup, they will reflect with a lot of pride. Now, the other game in this group that took place today finished Norway 6, the Philippines 0. And Ash, I don't think we saw this coming just because of the way that Norway have stuttered recently but this was some statement performance wasn't it it was and i think this is the performance that we've been waiting to expecting to see from norway all tournament they've been significantly underperforming um, and that's why it is disappointing to see new zealand go out because norway's been so disappointing and new zealand's been fantastic but anyway that's tournament <laughs> football you get enough results and enough goals and you make it through so they they scored a lot of goals today against philippines really dismantled them um, and they get themselves through to the next round yeah, again, the same thing, I think, you know, um, Norway um, finally showing what they can do and what they're good at it, which is scoring goals. But again, this World Cup is very different. I'm not based on numbers, what happened, you know, four years ago. I think this is a whole different tournament. It is, but that, that is not a happy camp, Norway. I'll be interested to see how much further they go um, in the tournament. Look at that, putting cold water on it already. They get a big win like that and already Ash is saying, no, they're not happy Don't worry camp. about it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. What a win. What a moment. Again, I repeat that because what these players did is making a whole country in fans in Australia thinking that you know how hard it is to live away from home, you know, and, and, and thinking about those fans right now, they are they, fully, fully with love and happiness. Not only a whole country as well. I get the feeling a whole continent are celebrating oh. right now. Sorry, unfortunately, we've got plenty more to talk about. <laughs> I could talk about Columbia all night, as I know you could, but we do now have to focus in on Group B because that also resumes tomorrow. In case you hadn't heard, Australia taking on Canada. Coverage starts on Optus Sport from 7pm. This is huge. And, of course, Mark Schwarzer will be pitch side for us and he's already in Melbourne and it's been a pretty busy day for him. Yes, Kelly, we have arrived in Melbourne. It's, of course, normal. It's cold, it's raining, it's a little bit windy. Um, and, of course, the chat I had with Tony this morning, we're kind of none the wiser as to whether or not Sam will start tomorrow or even take part in the game. Um, he was very vague on whether or not she even took part in the, the training with the team. Uh, but I did chat with him, and this is what he had to say about whether or not Sam will be involved at all tomorrow. Sam Kerr, she announced yesterday she is available to play. Did she play? Did she train today? Did she take part in the session? And... Will she play tomorrow? Fair question. 
we had an extra press conference yesterday so that we make sure that we really respect all the fans out there that wants to have answers and Sam took a time to answer all those questions so in terms of today and tomorrow I will quote Sam uh, as an answer and then move on and focus on, on the game tomorrow and what Sam said yesterday is that it's always been a plan to rest her for two games and rehab reassess going into this game and then it's going to be down to the wire. Uh, we're going to have a meeting tonight and the SSM, the medical team, is going to tell me what minutes she's available and what the risks are included with that. And like Sam said herself, we're not going to say anything until game day, whether we use her as a starter or a game changer off the bench. It's all about a plan for 90 minutes and how we think she might have the most effect in the game and also the risks. So did she train today with the team? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on who trains and didn't train. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't commit at all, did he, as to whether or not Sam will take part at all tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know whether he tra she trained or not or whether or not she's going to play at all tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, a fair bit of back and forth between you both there, and I love your persistence there, Schwartzy. I don't know why they're being so vague about it. I don't think it's a big deal if you say, yes, she trained away from the group. Yes, she did a full session. I'm not surprised that they haven't pushed her too much before game day. It is heavily raining on us right now. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. Do you think it will change anything tactically if she doesn't start? Well, absolutely. I think that'll change tactically for Canada, but certainly um, it's going to be a watch this space situation. I would personally have her coming off the bench. We touched on this. Um, she's such a weapon, and ideally they don't need to use her at all. Well, you know what, Kelly? We've had enough of the rain. Back to you. I admire Mark's persistence, not only with Tony, but also you could tell Amy just wanted to get inside in the warm, but he kept going with the questions to her as well. But all jokes aside, that interview, by the way, is fascinating. You do have to check it out on the Optus Sport app. Brilliant journalism for Mark, asking fair, not hard questions to Tony Gustafsson. He didn't want to give an answer. What did you make of the interview overall? It was an interesting one, wasn't it? I, I thought, in particular, it was strange that he said he wasn't going to comment on whether players were training or not when asked about Sam, but did tell us about whether Mary Fowler was training or not. I think it tells you a lot. From a coach's perspective, it doesn't really matter, like Amy said, whether she's training with the group or not. She does not need to get training minutes with the group in order to slot right in. They've played together, you know, hundreds of, t hundreds of times probably now. She doesn't need those minutes with the team. She needs to check whether that calf's right. So whether she's running by herself or, you know, running on the side of the track, it doesn't make any difference. You need to test whether that calf's ready to go. OK, so we'll find out tomorrow if Sam Kerr does feature against Canada. But as for Canada, we know what Australia needs to do. What sort of test will Canada provide the Matildas? Look, I think Canada doesn't play that beautiful football, but they're very effective. You know, Canada won the Olympics. Canada always find their way to win games. And I think because they are not just a compact team in discipline, but also the, the players connect really well. And no matter who is on the field, we do the job. We, I was reading what the coach was saying. They are not focusing on some care. They are focusing on what, how they can impact and how they can win against Matilda. That's the talk. I'm glad you're so prepped because you've already spoken of the interview that we were going to actually show you now because Canada are very aware of the other threats that Australia have as well as Sam Kerr. I'm not sure how much social media or news you get to absorb in camp but it's the dominant issue and especially in Australian media leaning into this game is Sam Kerr. Will she play? Will she not play? How much can she play? Is she training? Is she not training? There's a bunch of smoke screens coming out, obfuscation. I'm wondering you as the opposition coach when you're seeing all this 
smoke and these head games coming out of the opposition camp. How much does it actually affect you? How much is the intrigue affecting your game planning? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the team have to be prepared to play a world-class player like Sam Kerr and we'll be ready for that. But ultimately, like I said, we've got to get us right. And, and you know, if I'm the Australian coach, I'll be doing the same, you know, focusing on getting the players in front of me ready. Um, so ultimately, does it affect me? No, I have, how much have I spoke about if she is or if she isn't? We haven't. We've spoke about what it's going to take to beat Australia because Australia aren't just Sam Kerr. And I think, you know, when you do have a world-class player, it definitely, you know, boosts your squad. But at the end of the day, we, we've got to play an 11 group of players that are going to do anything to try and get a result. And that will be our focus. Saying all of the right things there. That's going to be fascinating to see how that one plays out. The other game in this group that's taking place, Ash, Ireland versus Nigeria. Have you been thinking about what you would like to happen in that game to help out the Matildas? I have, yeah. I'm going to go out and buy a, uh, an Irish jersey, I think, and maybe drink a few Guinnesses for good luck tomorrow. Please don't. You're on air with me tomorrow. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we would probably want Ireland to win. Um, I think Australia would be going out to win against Canada because you don't really want to rely on other results. But we'll be cheering for Ireland to try and get a win against Nigeria. It's a tough ask. They've been a very strong team. And Ireland, you know what? They've been very close in their two games. So I, I think they'd be wanting to go out and try and get a win to finish this tournament off. And to prove as well. They be very. They were very unlucky, yeah. and they want to get that win and go home. You know, with at least with some points. Yeah. How are you feeling? How are the nerves? Twenty four hours. <laughs> nervous, spent? you know. Probably not as nervous <laughs> as the players. You know, I get to sit back here and judge them. But um, yeah, it's exciting to still have the the home World Cup going, and we get to see Australia in Melbourne tomorrow. Hello, welcome back to the Optusport post-match wrap show. The games are coming thick and fast, and tomorrow our attention will be firmly on Group C. Coverage from this group gets underway on Optusport 1 and 2 from 4pm. Spain and Japan have dominated this group so far. Both have already qualified for the round of 16. Those two will face off as they go head-to-head -to, -head to try and win the group, whilst the other two, Costa Rica and Zambia, will face off looking for their first points of the tournament so far. Ash, firstly, we're going to be in the studio for Japan versus Spain. As I said, both those games will be played at the same time. We'll be showing this one on Optus Sport 1. Yeah. The two best teams in this group. It's going to be a good test for both of them, isn't it? We've had some fantastic games over the last few nights. Uh, France, Brazil, Germany, Colombia, and this is maybe even the best one so Ooh. far. Spain it's versus Japan. It's got a lot to live up to. It's got a lot to live up to, but it's a real clash of styles, isn't it? Like both teams like to possess the ball. They've both been trying to score goals. I can't wait to see them, you know, pitted against each other and who comes out on top in, so, in sort of the tiki-taka possession style football. And who's going to score the most goals? I mean, both have been incredible. And, you know, Spain, we know they score, they possess, they, the intensity of the game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Is this the first big test for both of these teams? Because defensively they haven't really been tested either and as you said they've been free scoring. Yeah, they've been able to, you know, um, control games at will sort of thing. I, I don't know that Spain has really even gotten out of second or third gear really and you could probably say the same for Japan. Um, so this is going to be the first test to see. You know, they're both looking very strong so far. This is where we're going to see, you know, how strong they both are, how that matchup is, is looking as they both sort of look towards um, deeper in the tournament. Yes, yeah, Spain have qualified, as I said, and they'll top the group if they avoid defeat. Japan are through and need to win to secure first place in Group C. How much will that be playing on their minds at the moment? How much will they want to win that group? 
they they look I think there's all in for Japan you know and they really want to not just um, demonstrate and to show they they can win the whole you know the whole tournament but I think coming and playing against Spain they can prove they can go first on the ladder and they can prove you know the quality and the depth in the squad yeah, they've got some fantastic players that are going to be on show. What what fascinates me most is like tonight we were sitting here watching the germany Colombia game and it was almost a clash of two different styles. These feels like they've got a lot of technicians in their both squads. Yes, that's right. And they do have a lot of technicians. It's going to be a delight to watch that side of the game. You know, we saw a real physical game tonight. Tomorrow will be, you know, they'll be competing. It'll be physical, but they both like to, you know, have the ball at their feet short, sharp passes, try and work out um, the football problems through other teams. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow as well whether either of them look to rest any players mm. or whether they're going to want to, you know, keep that consistent starting lineup going through. What about Zambia and Costa Rica then? Because so far they've certainly brought the colour to the tournament. They haven't quite yet delivered the points that they'll have wanted. Yeah, look, inexperienced um, countries and they, they can do only the best. You know, now for them I think it's going to be really important um, to actually, not to prove, but to actually compete. And, you know, Costa Rica, uh, they've been in a World Cup already and I think to win, they will be massive. They, they will be the first win for them. So, in Zambia, we have seen them as well. I think, it, look, it's going to be a really um, tight game as well. And they both want to demonstrate why they're here. Yeah, both teams still have plenty to play for, don't they? That national pride sort of piece as well. Uh, Costa Rica in the 2015 World Cup managed to get a draw against Spain, and that was their point. Um, Zambia's is the first World Cup. Both will be looking for goals. Both will be looking to, for the win. Um, that one will be really exciting to see, you know, who comes out on top. Cotto, I know you've really enjoyed the South American teams and the colour and the noise that they've brought to this tournament. Zambia have also brought it. I've absolutely loved some of these teams, seeing them, the passion, the pride. They're very similar to our continent, you know, and, 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 and they have, you know, the, the, the rhythm, the, the passion. And, and I think, you know, these this countries and, and our continent, we do have that because, again, uh, we do struggle, we know, we, we, we do lack of things and, and what a good moment and, and for people to see that, you know, even that, even probably they are on the bottom, uh, they keep smiling and they keep saying, you know what, we keep going forward and we keep trying to get this point, enjoy and actually it's going to be really important for both of them because um, it's going to help the, the country to lift their yes. women's football even more. We've just picked out some of our best saves of the tournament so far, guys. Which one was your pick of them? Mine was McDaniel for the Philippines. It was fantastic. She was immense in that game and, you know, really kept them in it. Yeah, no, and I was going to say the same for me, I think, because what it means for them, you know, their first win, uh, first World Cup, and, well, unfortunately, sad for New Zealand, they out, but I think what a save. Yeah, and also, we haven't really had a word on the Philippines. They've been... A historic tournament for them yes. once again if we're going to talk about nations making history they've also done that despite the disappointment of their result today they were fantastic you know today was a little bit of a disappointment probably coming down from the energy of that win the other day but you know they were fantastic group a was just a, a bundle of fun wasn't it it, it was, was indeed mm -hmm. now confirmation then of that result and the other results that we've seen live here on optus sport today in group h we saw morocco beat the korea republic by a goal to nil earlier on also in group 
Group H, the cracker that we saw to end today's action. Colombia beating Germany by two goals to one. Then in the middle of the day, Group A took centre stage. Norway with a statement victory, one that Ash said we've been waiting to see for quite some time. They beat the Philippines by six goals to nil, whilst unfortunately New Zealand exited the tournament at the group stage after a goalless draw with Switzerland. Here is what's coming up tomorrow and we're hoping that it's going to live up to just how good today was, to be honest. Now, a reminder, these games are taking place at the same time because of the final group game. So Japan versus Spain and Costa Rica versus Zambia. Coverage for these ones gets underway from 4pm on Optusport 1 for Japan, Spain, Optusport 2 if you want to see Costa Rica, Zambia. Then Group B, of course, we know which game you're all going to be watching. You're going to be watching Canada versus Australia in Group B. Coverage from 7pm. That is, of course, on Optus Sport 1. Republic of Ireland versus Nigeria is on Optus Sport 2. I was going to ask you what you're most looking forward to about tomorrow, but I think it's pretty obvious. Silly. It's all about the Matildas, isn't it, tomorrow? It is all about the Matildas. Um, can't wait for the build-up for that one. It's going to be a great day. I really hope that they can get it over the line. I'll be cheering them home every step of the way. And we'll be cheering them away. We're adopted Aussies for the month, aren't we, Cotter? Oh, look, and they have shown. The fans have been incredible. And we will see them again supporting <laughs> Matildas. And I will be supporting them because we want them to go through. We do indeed. Well, Cotter, thank you so much for joining us. And you as well, Ash. Cotter, you can go and join the party with the Colombians now. <laughs> I know that's where you really want to be. Thank you again for watching all of our coverage on Optus Sport. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.